0: All right, everybody, this is episode 24 of the Beef and Bitcoin podcast with your host, CH. Doing a solo episode today, I wanted to go over the 21 Lessons website from Dare Gigi And uh, the, the theme of this webpage is falling down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. And Dare Gigi goes over the 21 lessons that he learned on his journey um, as he found and discovered Bitcoin and And uh, also learn that the journey is not over. So I want to uh, make this a quick episode. We're going to break this down into probably three parts. Um, So check out www.21lessons.com. And uh, you can also consume this content via audio on the website. There is the audio version that you can listen to and read along, or you can um, listen to the audio version on the Crypto Economy podcast. Guy Swan did an awesome job um, going through that. So I want to go over the first couple of lessons here. The the first chapter has to do with the philosophy of Bitcoin. So lesson one, immutability and change. Um, Bitcoin will change us more than we will change it. That's a quote from Marty Bent at the Tales from the Crypt podcast. Definitely check that out if you haven't already. And what Marty means by this is that it is very, very difficult to change Bitcoin. Um, It is a a low layer protocol of the internet that is very resistant to change and for very good reason because it's important that everyone's using one network uh, in this example, But Dara Gigi talks a lot about how Bitcoin is hard to describe. And I've noticed that as I've tried to use different analogies to explain Bitcoin to different people over the last two years, that it hasn't always been such a good analogy. Um, And the reason for that is because Bitcoin is brand new. It is a completely new thing. We now have digital scarcity, and that has profound implications on pretty much everything. And um, one one of the analogies that I just heard from someone was, if you're trying to explain Bitcoin to somebody and you're talking about it as a digitally scarce good, it would be the equivalent of, say, sending an email to someone and then no longer having that email. So you type up uh, an email, it says, hello world on it. You send it to somebody and you no longer have that email. It is gone. You cannot view it, uh, see it, have access to it, control it. Um, Typically with anything digital, it's very easy to replicate and it can be copied. So once something has made its way onto the internet, pretty much consider it... um, Extremely easy to replicate, just like um, what Napster did to physical music stores. Um, you can you can copy um, files and and share them across the world, and you see the same thing with uh, BitTorrent and being able to share files across um, uh, a distributed network so that it, it can't be shut down, and that's a very powerful thing. And you know we'll talk more about this decentralization. In a second but the the two important aspects of bitcoin that are essential as dare gigi says are the decentralization and immutability Um, so the fact that as a transaction happens on the bitcoin network and it is confirmed through the mining function um, it is extremely low probability that that transaction could be reversed so it is much different than using a credit card or PayPal where um, the merchant is susceptible to chargebacks uh, or, or payer fraud. Uh, payer fraud goes away with Bitcoin. And I don't know that everybody has had a good chance to really think about what that might mean. And from what I understand, payer fraud is a very large uh, percentage fee of many online merchants' um, expenses, dealing with chargeback and fraud. And when you eliminate that, that becomes very beneficial for all parties involved. So the cost of goods um, should theoretically go down as competition increases. So somebody might start using Bitcoin to accept it for payment. Let's say Amazon in this example, um, and they start seeing a couple more points of margin. That will work up until a point when competition steps in, starts using Bitcoin as well, Realizes the expense savings and uh, prices start to decrease in that example, so that's that's good for everybody. Um, and Dare Gigi talks about Bitcoin being an automated social contract, and I think what he means by that is saying um, the Bitcoin software is a way to mechanize the function of money without. Any one person or centralized authority having to oversee it to make sure that it's working um, And to validate the rules of the system. So, you know, there are a couple basic rules uh, Let's let's take one as an example, the 21 million hard cap um, The Bitcoin software combined with the mining function Allows for the network itself and everyone running full nodes to validate that the number of coins has not increased. So there's been no uh, inflation into the system and that's automated. So now you don't need a trusted third party to verify that funds have moved from A to B and that the system will not be cheated. Um, And it's interesting to to think about Bitcoin as a machine um, that is constantly running, doesn't go down, and it's automating um, software that it has the capabilities to be used as money. And I think that is, um, that is a crazy, crazy thing to think about. And as Satoshi said, the nature of Bitcoin is such that once version 0.1 was released, the core design was set in stone for the rest of its lifetime. Meaning... That base layer is set in stone. There won't be more than 21 million coins. Um, and, and, and that's it. And I think that will start to make much more sense as people do their research and history, um, let's say talking about things like Ethereum and the DAO hack, right? So um, the Ethereum network forked because people decided to fork it and, and that was the end of the story. Um you won't you won't see such changes um, to the Bitcoin network all willy-nilly. It is extremely difficult to change, and that is a feature, not a bug. Um, and as you read on, you can see that many people have attempted to change Bitcoin only to um, be slapped in the face by the honey badger. And uh, as you dive deeper down the rabbit hole, make sure you think about, Um, What Marty said, that Bitcoin will change us more than we will change it, because I guarantee you, as you jump down this rabbit hole, you will not be the same person that went into the rabbit hole. Um, Everything you thought you knew about economics, yourself, politics, history, computers, money, all of that will be changed uh, and it will feel like it will have changed in the blink of an eye because Bitcoin is such a good teacher at all of these things. And I think the reason is because it's now profitable to understand Bitcoin. Uh, The more you understand Bitcoin, the more you can develop your own investment theses about what Bitcoin is. And that value could end up being pretty large when you really step back and start to think about what the total addressable market is for money and a good money Um, and it i mean it makes perfect sense if you think that you can um, stand to profit greatly from learning about something you're going to keep learning about it so this website is just such a good start to jumping down the rabbit hole to learn more about bitcoin and i guarantee you it will uh, certainly change you more than you will change it so let's move on to Lesson two, scarcity. <clears throat> so, as I mentioned before, um, let's let's read this quote from Safety Namus, the author of the Bitcoin Standard. Only two things are genuinely scarce: time and Bitcoin. And that didn't make sense to me for a long time um, because there are certain things that you think are are scarce, uh, and then when you really sit down and think about it, you realize that. Pretty much the only two things that are definitely scarce are time and Bitcoin. You want more trees, you can go plant more. Um, if you want a new car, you can go buy another one. If you want more gold, you can go mine more of it. Um, with, with Bitcoin and time, that's not really the case. Everyone's time on this earth is uh, finite, and trying to get more of it is pretty, is pretty difficult. Um, and with Bitcoin, the, the supply is fixed at 21 million. It's not going to change. It's set in stone, as we learned from uh, the lesson before. So now you have something that is digitally scarce. um, And that has profound implications on humanity, I think. Um, Everything changes when you now have something that is fixed and scarce. And since Bitcoin is software, it can, it can adopt uh, new technologies and new things to it. But it also has the um, attributes of something that could be used as a good money. And there's been a lot of discussions about whether Bitcoin is money. And it, it, it's really not. It's just text. It's just software. But it does have um, all the characteristics of something that can be used as a very good money um, and it's very secure, and and this is something where uh, Bitcoin outcompetes gold because gold suffers from the centralization and vaults problem, right? So gold was a very good money for thousands of years, and it's not a coincidence that um, so many different societies converged on gold to use as money, and that's because humans tend to like to use one thing for a, for a certain. Um, task. Like we, we only have one internet that everybody uses to communicate with each other. And we use gold for a very long time because it was a good thing to use as money that everybody could, could use and perform a economic calculation on, but it doesn't scale very well uh, because it's physical in nature. So if you wanted to pay for a stick of gum, you'd have to shave a little bit of gold off of a, a coin or whatever. It's just not, um, it's not that practical but you know, they 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 attempted to solve that problem with um, notes redeemable for gold, and, and that was used for a very long time. And that has its own um, downsides because uh, you need to trust a centralized authority to house the gold and to not inflate the supply of the paper notes beyond the amount of gold that they have in their vaults. And uh, history tells us that that is not the case. And safety does a really good job of explaining that in the Bitcoin standard, and I highly recommend going through that. <clears throat> Let's move on to lesson three, replication and locality. This is an interesting one because it it takes a deeper dive into um, what Bitcoin is and that the fact that it really is just software um, that is sitting on uh nodes or computers globally right and um it's very weird to think about something that has no location and and the reason for that is because bitcoin is digital Um, and that's such a game changer because so many people think about money in terms of something physical even though it's been digital for a very long time they're just entries in your bank account or, or whatever. Um, I had a discussion with somebody who, when I had first found out about Bitcoin and I was talking about it, they were like, you know what, if I can't put it in my wallet, then I don't really want to use it. And I empathize with that because, um, people like to think of things in value, things that have value as being physical in nature. And now you have, um, something that is purely digital and it, it has value because it's useful. Um, and that's just such a strange way to think about, um, money. And that's the whole point of jumping down the rabbit hole is you start to learn things like all value is subjective and Bitcoin only has value because it excels so well as, um, as a money, um, and as it's adopted as money and more and more people learn about all the benefits of using Bitcoin as money, uh, its value will then increase. Um, so I think that's a, that's, a, that's a really good lesson to learn. All right, we're going to skip this lesson and move on to lesson five. The Immaculate Conception. So Bitcoin's Immaculate Conception uh, is pretty cool. And this quote by Jimmy Song, one of the greatest things that Satoshi did was disappear. Uh, yeah, so Satoshi left the project, right? he developed the code, he realized that he had a solution to the Byzantine Generals problem, Um, and if you don't know what that is, definitely Google it so you can look into it, Um, and then he disappeared because he did not want to be a central point of failure, and a lot of people give the founders of other projects a ton of shit because they are essentially single points of failure, and... Satoshi didn't want that with Bitcoin. It's a distributed decentralized, um, system. So that way there is no, any one person that can, um, coerce Bitcoin or make changes to the way that it works, um, because it is so decentralized and Satoshi leaving the project was basically saying, all right, good luck. Um, Bitcoin's out in the wild now it's released. Um, the the consensus rules are not going to change, and let's see if it will survive. And um, Satoshi's anonymity is a good thing, and it's important that we kind of stop thinking about who Satoshi is or, or, or could have been, and and move on. Uh, Satoshi was kind enough to gift us with um, you know Nakamoto consensus and the Bitcoin protocol, and It is in everyone's best interest to try to help Bitcoin succeed. Even though Bitcoin needs no help to succeed, um, it's important that people are there to foster it. And uh, the Immaculate Conception is just an important part of Bitcoin's history to understand that uh, we probably can't have another Immaculate Conception event like this. Uh, Something like that can only really happen once. You have an anonymous programmer that came gave us bitcoin helped get it bootstrapped and then he hit the road you know uh, he did not want to be that central point of failure so the fact that there is no any one person to go after to um, ask questions about bitcoin or shut it down or make changes is extremely important and i think um it's, uh, it's good to understand why that is so important, especially when you're talking about something that has the potential to be global money and uh, essentially change everything. Let's move on to lesson six, the power of free speech. Um, I'm going to read this quote from Beauty on. Bitcoin is text. Bitcoin is speech. It cannot be regulated in a free country like the USA with guaranteed inalienable rights. And a First Amendment that explicitly excludes the act of publishing from government oversight. There is n- and then he also says, there is no point in any Bitcoin transaction that Bitcoin ceases to be text. It is all text all the time. And it's really important to understand that Bitcoin is just text. And therefore it is protected by, um, protected by the First Amendment and free speech. And um, many other cypherpunks had to uh, go through the trials and tribulations of making sure that encryption software was not um, regulated as, you know, munitions because it's just text and text is protected uh, under the First Amendment because of free speech. Um, And Beautyon also likes to say that, that Bitcoin isn't money. It's just software. It's just text. But it has certain characteristics that make it such a good money, which I think is really important to understand, um, that it is nothing more than, than software. And because it's open and free to use and anybody can use it, that gives it a higher probability of, um, expanding globally and infiltrating everything we know, um, and you can see that uh, with analogies like the internet and intranets. So the internet is an open uh, an open system that anybody can use. You don't need permission to use it, except maybe from your internet service provider. Um, and intranets are used privately, right? They're private networks. And it wasn't um, many, many businesses... Like to use intranets as the internet was scaling and becoming uh, more usable, because they were afraid of the internet because it was public, because um, anybody could use it. You know, is it secure? The internet was scary, and uh, obviously everybody capitulated. And now every single person on the planet does their business over the internet. Why? Because it's open, um, and it allows everyone to connect using one protocol, which is the same reason why it wouldn't be a surprise that everyone converges on one thing as money because that's the most useful thing that we can do. To have one thing as money makes life easier on everybody who's using it. And that talks about the network effects of money. And since Bitcoin is software, it can spread into the furthest points of the earth without needing any additional infrastructure except being able to get onto the internet and um as uh, Dare Gigi says at the bottom here bitcoin taught me that in a free society free speech and free software are unstoppable so it is more likely that an open system and open protocol like bitcoin will be adopted globally um, than, say, a private network that's permissioned, or these you know permissioned blockchains that, that people are talking about. It's, it's not a surprise that people are talking about permissioned blockchains the same way that they were talking about private um, versions of the internet that they would use um, back in the day. I mean, I get it. Bitcoin is is scary to the person who has no clue what it is, and the fact that it's public and open and anybody can use it, it sounds that it's you know, going to be used for what everybody says, criminals and all this other nonsense, just like the internet was only for criminals when um, it first started being used by um, larger amounts of people. And now everybody uses the internet. You would try going a day without using the internet. It's very difficult to do. And there will be a time when trying to not use Bitcoin in a day will be almost impossible. And it will be unthinkable in a few decades that you wouldn't use Bitcoin on a day-to-day basis. Uh, The kids being born today will have always lived in a world where Bitcoin existed. And that's really crazy because I guess I always was alive when the internet was around, but it wasn't always used for everything. Uh, I remember getting magazines to like, you know, order clothes or something, you would flip through the magazine and you didn't just go to the website and order it. Um, So things do change over time. So um, people have a very difficult time imagining a world that is different than the one that exists today. And I think that's part of this entire message of the 21 lessons that um, your entire worldview might change. And by the end of it, you might be thinking to yourself, Wow, there's a there's a good chance that people might be using Bitcoin as money in the future, and I think that is that's very powerful. Uh, the last lesson in this section, um, the limits of knowledge. Good quote by Jameson Lop here is that no one has found the bottom of the Bitcoin rabbit hole, and that is so true. Uh, from the from the moment you step down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, you realize that it's pretty much never ending, and depending upon your prior experiences um, bitcoin may make sense to you sooner rather than later so let's say um, maybe your family or parents grew up in a country that suffered from hyperinflation and they know what it's like to live through um, a time when money stopped working and things became very difficult Um, they might understand Bitcoin a little bit more quickly than someone who grew up in the United States and never had any issues with hyperinflation where the money always worked. Um, Cash was always accepted by everybody or you could use your credit card at any time, any place and very rarely would you ever had an issue. Um, Those are two completely different experiences that will shape the way you think about Bitcoin and your thoughts about, as I mentioned before, economics, specifically going back and studying Austrian economics, um, money, politics, history, all of that changes the further down the rabbit hole you go. And there is pretty much an infinite amount of knowledge you can learn from um, reading about Bitcoin. And I think that Bitcoin is such a good teacher because it's profitable to learn about Bitcoin. And what I mean by that is, If you started learning about Bitcoin at any date, let's say 2013, and you really took your time, you read every single thread on the Bitcoin talk forums, um, you talked to as many people as possible, you did your due diligence, you started learning about Austrian economics, um, you could start to develop a thesis around what Bitcoin is and how valuable it could potentially be. And only because you spent all of that time learning as much as possible, uh, about sound money, then you could properly start to value what Bitcoin could be worth. And then you could you know choose whether or not you wanted to hold some. Um, whereas prior to Bitcoin, um, learning more about Austrian economics or sound money was great because you had a, better understanding of how things actually worked. It wasn't super profitable. Uh, You weren't going to make any money debating Keynesians or, you know, arguing with your economics professor and professor in college about, um, inflation or deflation or, um, minimum wage or something like that. Um, debunking the teacher is not going to make you any more money. And it could actually lose you uh, money because you might not get a job because you're, uh, you're not thinking in a mainstream type of way. But now, the more you understand these things, the more profitable it can become because you've taken the time to step back and really think about what, about what's going on. And um, you know Bitcoin gives you the opportunity to capitalize on that knowledge because you now have a way to save value through time and know with certainty that it will not be inflated away. Um, based on other people's decisions and that's really powerful so again this was the first part of 21lessons.com by Dare Gigi um, highly recommend checking it out and checking out his other site bitcoin-resources.com and we'll put those links in the show notes um, take a take a look at these uh, make sure you go through and read these or listen to the audio versions again probably go through them twice uh, as it makes starts to make more sense and then you can take deeper dives on each one of these topics in particular because there's as uh, Jameson said nobody's found the bottom of the Bitcoin rabbit hole so you can take this as far as you want to go uh, so thanks for listening to this episode wanted to try a slightly different um, format with, with just me speaking so Let us know how how that went. Give us some feedback. Um, Like and subscribe to this on YouTube. Follow it on Spotify. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. And um, keep hodling and keep jumping down the rabbit hole. Peace.